Well, doing it this time in the morning feels a bit fucking weird, doesn't it, mate? What? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that about sums it up, and that might be what this sounds like. Welcome to episode 105 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. How are you doing? Uh, this week has just been ridiculous. That's why we're doing it at this sort of time. Both of us working at night, every day. There's just no we can really do about it. Uh, but, you know, not being able to do anything about it seems in keeping with Leeds this week based on some of the defending in Leeds 1, Everton 2. Uh, this was a really frustrating game. First of all, like, what, what did you think of the like performance overall? Yeah, obviously after Leicester, it was... There was certainly a, a level of drop-off from that. I, I thought not to the extent of kind of December and early January, but I, I, at times again, our passing was a little bit off and I don't know whether that was down to kind of the new pitch and how, how zippy that was. Um, but, at the, but at the same time, I, I, you know, I thought we compete. Well, I still think we played pretty well. Um, I think we probably had the best chances throughout the game. Uh, we had more of the chances. The two best chances were the two goals that they scored. Well, yeah, I suppose because <laughs> three chances with it in and around the six-yard box. Yeah, but no, um, I was going to say we did. When you're saying the pitch didn't look great, we do kind of accidentally have an exclusive because we did that charity quiz that Leeds put on, and uh, in the words of Patrick Bamford, it was quotes like an ice rink. Yeah, I mean there was a, there was a lot of players slipping. Yeah. So, I would think uh, that sh- that should get better as it as the pitch beds in. I hope. Yeah, it's a good job it didn't snow last night or anything. Yeah, because that that really wouldn't have helped matters. Yeah, all Just right now it- as it goes. Luckily, not not snowing right now. Fortunately, <laughs> oh, it is. I'm looking at it. Oh well. It- it really can't be found because we do not live that far away from each other. No. So, um, now I didn't say the the goals were just that's what was so frustrating about it. I'm not we didn't play amazing, but I thought that we we had the, I think we had the better of the play throughout the game, but just costly errors like the Sigurdsson goal. There's at least three errors and arguably four. Like the ball gets played in down the channel. For Luca Dean, Rafinha does chase back with him, but he just doesn't get tight at all, and he just allows him to cross it. He doesn't really try and block it. As that comes in, you've got Pascal Stroik coming across at the near post, and he looks over his left shoulder to check for the man that he's meant to be marking. Which is why there's been quite a good, and they're good threads because this one is arguable. Uh, they're saying, well, he's looked over his shoulder because it's a man-to-man system. And doing that has meant he hasn't gone across, dropped an extra few yards where he might have been able to intercept it. But I would argue that that look over his shoulder should have been 20 yards further up the pitch as he was running back. And if he looks then, he knows there's no one behind him, if he looks then. And he knows there's no one in front of him because he's already looking that way. So if he times his look over his shoulder better, he might actually be in a position to intercept it. He, If he, is, if he does have any blame on him, I think he's probably four for four. Yeah. But it is in there. Uh, Sigurdsson's run from the middle. Phillips just is wrong side the entire way. But then Sigurdsson slows himself up as he gets to the box to time his run. And Phillips catches him and just 
stays long side. He never actually gets back in. When Sigurdsson slowed up enough that he could have done. And then Liam Cooper isn't marking anyone. He is the spare man. And he just doesn't react at all. He just stands still in the middle of the box. So it really was a poor goal to give away. I mean, if you're leaving... It's always a bad goal if you're leaving an accomplished player unmarked six, seven yards out middle of goal to tap home. But there was like so many ways that we could have prevented it and we just didn't do any of them. Yeah, it was disappointing. And especially when you when you talk about kind of Phillips and Cooper's reaction to, to what's happening and it must it must be just a, a breakdown in communication between the two of them and and like you say, I think everyone kind of turns and looks at those two. I mean, she was one of them should have had them covered. Yeah, I, I think that that's right. That like KP because they did look at each other, didn't they, afterwards? And like there was a thing of it was all, I, I took it as Phillips saying, I know I'm wrong side, but you're in the perfect position to cover me there. And you didn't. Yeah. Uh, like Jason Middleton's just messaged saying KP and Coops both being aware of Sigurdsson and letting him run past was mind boggling. Yeah, can't can't disagree with that. It's no. a, it was a, a bit of a weird one, but I suppose I mean it happens. You, the, I don't know what the actual percentage is, but I bet if you really look deep enough, you know it's probably seventy five. It's probably eighty percent of goals are down to a defensive mistake in some way. Uh, and then the second goal, there was people putting a lot of blame on Cooper for this one as well, which I think was a a bit harsh. He he did get beat by Ben Godfrey to the flick on, but the flick on isn't goal side. So Cooper is marking the correct side of him and the way the ball is, I don't, I'm not sure he could have won that ball anyway. But what definitely can be done is Calvert-Lewin at the back post and Luke Ayling's marking him and just completely goes to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Luke Ayling's just overall reaction to that was like a someone who was a bodyguard to an important celebrity in a film who's been assassinated anyway i wouldn't quite go that i don't think it's as bad as someone dying <laughs> about in fairness to lou gailey like one, I, I, he, he put... I will i will say like a poor bodyguard who's had deaths before just like ah oh, not again ah in 20 in 2018 no one died in 2019 <laughs> no one died in 2020 no one died in 2021 someone died <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, no, it's, it's part you, you don't really have to dissect that one too much. You, you just can't watch it again, and you just think, why are we? Why is Calvert Lewin allowed to be that unmarked in the six yard box? Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, there's no dissection. He just switched off and was completely opposition. I mean, he put his head in his hand straight after and came out in the press afterwards and said, "Yep, that's my fault. I switched off," which is. Fair enough. I mean, Luke Aileen is still a really, really, really good player. Great right back. Should always be in the team. Well, with his current squad anyway. I mean, you know, if we find the next Danny Alves, <laughs> then we'll see what happens. But, um, like, the one thing that I will say for Aileen is he could do with, even though in the end against Leicester, we had a good game. But that is two in two that I think are his fault. Because I think the Harvey Barnes goal was his as well. Hmm. So he could probably do with a slightly more solid performance against Palace. Uh, the second half, I mean, first half, we we were as good as them, I reckon. 
uh, I mean, the Alioski volley from the edge of the box that smacked the post was a great effort. That really deserved a goal. But the second half, and there is an argument for game state here where Everton dropped off a bit. But because we scored so early, I don't think it was just that. I think we just outplayed them um, and just couldn't get the two goals needed. We got one straight away. Uh, their turn to be a bit sloppy, to be honest. Ball goes into the box. They fail to clear and they really should have been able to. But Harrison battles well, gets a toe on it, wins it back. Bamford layoff. Another good finish from Rafinha, who does appear to be the... Is he the best finisher in the side? Oh, he's up there for the chances for the chances he has. I think he's up there. Hmm. Yeah, like we got that goal, and it was a it was a really good finish. And I thought, right, let's go here. We've really got it. But unfortunately for us, Robin Olsen had a bit of a stormering goal. Uh, there was that one triple save that was outstanding goalkeeping. To be honest, was, you can't really get mad at it. It was just really good play. Yeah, I, I, that, that was one of those moments where you kind of look in and think, this might not be our day today. Yeah, it was It was very, very frustrating. It was made doubly frustrating by him having an absolute stinker at Old Trafford yesterday. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, can't you flip them around? You'd get, more, you'd get more praise and a better chance of new contracts and all of that stuff if you have the Stormer at Old Trafford. <laughs> I, he, pulls, he only pulls it out on the big occasions. Yeah, and ironically, <laughs> and a clash, and a clash of two mid-table teams. Yeah, I'm gonna say ironically, one of the problems at Old Trafford was that he slipped making a simple save. Why couldn't he have done that on the road? It was like an ice rink. <laughs> That's why you Every- meant to do that. Everyone else is doing it, but man. <laughs> now, um, like, do you? We definitely deserve something from the game, but. I, th- I think a point would have been fair because as much as I think we had overall balance of play, I think we were the better side. If you make two mistakes like that, you don't deserve to win. But I do think we deserved a point. Yeah, I, I think that's always the problem. If you're especially that early into a game, you, you're digging yourself a, a very deep hole to, climb, to try and climb back out of when you make mistakes like that. Um, you know, I, th- I thought Everton, for the most part... They, I thought they were decent. The, the only thing about them I, I ever really got frustrated with was the fact that Yerimina never picked up a yellow card for just fouling everyone all yeah, game. Yeah, he, he did seem to have a fair few, didn't he? I'm a, I'm not sure of how many it was, but he definitely looked as if he should have picked something up. But again, at least five. Again, not really, not the biggest issue by any stretch. But nah, if he, if he gets a yellow card, we go on to win that. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Not even a red card. He's just he's just got to be a bit more cautious. Um, no, like like you say, Everton kind of had every right to to sit a little bit deeper once they had that lead. The the main chance I can I can remember from the second half is uh, Calvert Lewin's one v one with Melier, where he pretty much plays it straight down the middle, and Melier yeah. saved his leg. I didn't put it on the screen, but I've actually. The- the actual note I've got is second half was all leads barring one DCL chance late on. Yeah. Um no, it was it was it was a frustrating frustrating game, but it's made a lot better by the fact that we did beat Leicester and we're yeah. one out and it's two wins out of us last three. Yeah. And 
I mean, this it seems weird because I'm not even really looking at other results now because of where we are in the table. I'm just worrying about ours. But if you if you were thinking about it by the by the looks of it, results sort of went our way yesterday. Like all the teams mm. around us got beat. Uh, so we're still in a place where if we beat Palace, we'll go above Arsenal. What which a What a strange alternate reality we which, now live in. You would have absolutely... You'd have snapped anyone's hand off if someone said, yeah, it'll be February and you can go above Arsenal with a win. Because you're not going to think, well, of Arsenal 18th. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you'd have thought we were in challenging for that Europa Conference place, yeah. which we still are. It's, yeah, technically, it's not some of the. I mean, I suppose now with the position we're in, we have to try and target top half. I don't, I don't mind whether we do well or not, really, so long as we keep track, keep playing well. But that, if you're in the, if you're in the position we're in, because we're still eleventh, you've got that's got to be your target, really. Yeah, I, I mean. I think it'd be an absolutely fantastic achievement if we could finish 10th first season, solid mid-table. But, yeah, I I mean, at this point, like you say, I I look at the the results of the teams below us. I do worry that Sheffield United are going to lead a late charge for for safety. But um, now there's, there's even a bit of a gap now between... The relegation zone and and Burnley, who are seventeenth, I think they've they've got a bit of a five point cushion or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I again, it's it's a weird situation where I'm not used to it being this stress free and not having to look. Yeah, I did. God, I didn't realize Burnley are eight points clear of Fulham. That's eight. Yeah. Yeah, and Burn Burnley are seventeenth from the eight points clear of Fulham. I didn't realize it was quite that big a gap. I think Fulham are eleven without a win, and they've got quite a few draws in there, but. God, they're full of eleven without a win. Yeah, I knew that they, they had that run where they were like, "Oh, they've they've been they've been on a good run," but it was like five draws in a row. Yeah, it was not getting beaten. <laughs> yeah, and they've drawn three of the last five as well. So they've yeah. probably drawn like eight of those eleven. Yeah, but that's not really worth much. No, I mean you'd be better winning three of them. Well, I suppose depending on who you're playing. Well, realistically, if you're Fulham... If you lose to West Brom and Sheffield United in that run, maybe not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you're Fulham, you you know, you need to be going to places like Old Trafford and and Anfield, and you've got to be getting wins there, really. Yeah, you've got got to win there. Because, you know, you're a newly promoted side. The expectation is that you get in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I have taken from the last few... From the last few months of media coverage of Leeds. Yeah. You know, Scott. The way Scott Parker's managing, he's going to prevent them from winning trophies. <laughs> yeah, That's, yeah. that is our problem under Bielsa that we've got promoting. Why aren't we winning all the trophies? Yeah. Um, I, to, to be honest, I don't know why we're not competing in the uh, the Club World Cup. Yeah, poor, we should be. Poor, it's poor of Bielsa. Yeah, he's 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 a myth basically. Yeah. Complete myth. Uh, you know, if if we'd have gone for. You know, Sam Allardyce instead. Leeds to be top of the league right now. I don't know if he would with our defenders at the moment. <laughs> no, we'd have, we'd have definitely been top of the league. I mean, you know, that's what they all said. Him, Sean Dyche, someone like that. Yeah. Uh, 
Although I actually like Sean Dyche, <laughs> to be fair. He's, he, he wouldn't suit us, but I think he's a really good manager. Sean Dyche coming in with his 4 4 fucking 2. And speaking of 4 4 fucking 2, we're playing Palace on Monday. And they will be playing 4 4 fucking 2. I don't actually want to go to that yet, but you just gave me a chance for a transition, so I had to do it. Oh, uh, there, is, there is one little story thing, but I don't think there's much in it. There was a few stories all over Twitter last night linking Rafinha with Liverpool in the summer. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it yet. Don't get me wrong, he's going to get linked with absolutely everyone and I'm sure I'm sure they have scouted him. You know, <laughs> I'm sure every big club in Europe is looking at him at the minute because he's in such good form. But uh, the story was like, oh, Liverpool are interested in this and like they just used the transfer marked value. So it said like, you know, 50 million plus deal. Like, no, it'd be like 60 plus. Yeah, it would be very, very odd for us to have him for a year and go, we are okay making a loss on this deal. Yeah. I mean, I know Ren sort of did, which was weird. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, was, that was very much the uh, exception rather than the rule. Yeah, would have been a... That'd be a really strange deal if we ended up doing that. But um, no, I, I mean, like you say, I, I'm not surprised that he's been scouted at the moment. He he is, he's been our best performer pretty much, I think, since breaking into into the team and, and kind of staying there. Um, and, and I think he is our best attacking threat as well because he, he just brings that level of unpredictability about him. Um, you know, he does. He does look so much better played on the right than he does on the left. But um, you know, to have that inside forward who is, who is a goal threat and has that pace, has that skill, and that technical quality. Um, but uh, you know, ideally, what I would like is is Liverpool to come in with a similar bid for Helder Costa. Yeah, because uh, he's just top, as good. Top top player. He's absolutely as good. So if Liverpool if Liverpool want to buy Rafinha, but just instead of having to spend sixty million, you only have to spend thirty. <laughs> you should buy Helder Costa from us. And and he's probably mates with uh with Hotter as well. That's nice. Yeah. And you know what he's really good at? He's really good at coming off the bench to make an impact. Which is what Liverpool could do with. Yeah. Uh have I don't, we, have we, have I don't we said enough? Have we said enough nice things about him now? Yeah, I don't know what's happened to him. It must be a mental thing, because this is just not the same player that was playing the first few weeks of the season. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Jack, be careful what you say about him. There's, there's people with the attitude of, if you've, if you've not got anything nice to say, don't say it at all. <laughs> that isn't even not that nice. I think that there's something... <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know if his motivation's gone because he knows he can't displace Rafinha. Mm. But there's, there's, there's something up because I've always rated him higher than a lot of people did because there's a lot of people have always not like my dad, for instance, just hates him and thinks he's a bit lazy and he does get knocked off the ball so easily. Like that is so frustrating to watch. I, there were some people not pleased with me on the Through It All Together account because I tweeted that a five-year-old could knock Helder Costa off the ball, and I, that's right. It was too harsh. I should have said twelve because then I'd have meant it. 
I don't hate him or anything. I just can't believe how poor his form is. That was only like a six-minute cameo at the end of a game. And even in that six minutes, he managed to look miles off the pace. Yeah. um, Yeah, I think we both had the same reaction when he he just sort of got shrugged off the ball. Mm. And it's just, oh, for God, like, come on. That wasn't even hard. Just... (laughs) You're a grown. You're a man now. I was going to say grown man, but he's he's slightly shorter in stature. Um, I, I was going to say I wouldn't go that far. He's probably like what? He's probably as tall as me. He's not five ten. I would surely, think he probably is. Surely he's not five foot ten. I don't know how tall he is, but I don't think he's that short. How tall is Hilda Costa? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Let's see if height, Google has. His height's, his height's listed at one at one meter seventy eight, which I think is five eleven. meters. <laughs> Look at this fucking hashtag content. It's five foot eight. That's Where? five foot eight. Tiny. If you want to Google it, I just have. <laughs> All right, so yeah, he's five foot eight. He is he is slightly shorter than I thought. Ah, oh, he's tiny. <laughs> Him and Leaf Davis got their own. Yeah. Leaf Davis special who, shoe that they get changed in or yeah. something. Well, I think he's still listed at about five foot four, despite the fact that he's clearly grown about five inches <laughs> since that since that measurement was taken. Um, uh, so it's not looking it's not looking good for Helder Costa. He's out of form. He's shrinking. Yeah, Jason I was really hoping he'd do well when he came on, as I didn't want the Costa narrative to continue. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I said, um, was it on the last podcast where we were on about if Rafinha was injured? And I said, I would start Costa and tell him, right, you need to do this now. Go for it. Play for your future. Yeah. And obviously Rafinha was fit, so we played him, which was always the right thing to do. But we're just not seeing anything out of it. I've just realised it's Sunday. I think the under-23s might play later. Oh, good. <laughs> it, just, it just occurred to me. I don't know if they do or not, but it just jumped into my head. Uh, but one game that will happen is tomorrow night. Uh, you, can't, you can't do the South Park medley again. <laughs> no, you're right, I won't. Um, yeah, I'm, Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Palace at home this time. Obviously, they beat us 4-1 away, which on the balance of play was a ridiculous result. No, like, what was it? There was, there was the bullet, <laughs> there was the brilliant free kick. There was the mad deflection. Yeah, off Helder Costa, but that was not his fault. No. <laughs> that um, was a, if anything, a you good know what? No, since, since we're piling in now, <laughs> <laughs> um, there was the ridiculous offside given against Bamford. Yeah, when he pointed. Yeah. Christ, Neil Kilkenny be fucked now. Um, so, yeah, that was one of those games where that was absolutely no reflection of, of how the game actually played out. It was madness. Because that was one of those where I think Click was actually having a really good game that day. Like, everything yeah. we did went through him. Um, but, you know, the... Having watched them and now knowing that Zahar is out, 
I do feel confident in as much as I think Eze is probably their biggest threat now. Uh, like, you would think so. Like I, th- I think that's how quickly he's established himself as as kind of the number two player behind Zaha in this team. Um, like he, he's come on leaps and bounds this season. Like every time you watch Match of the Day or something, he there's always something he does that you just think, wow, he, he's how so many teams end up passing on him is beyond me. And he seems like the nicest person as well. Yeah, they um, they are a good side of Palace. I mean, they they are below us in the league. They're thirteenth, but you know, same number of points. We have a game in hand, so there's not a great deal between in terms of records. They have got a fair few missing. Wayne Hennessy's out, but he'd have been behind Guaita anyway. Uh, Nathan Ferguson, Connor Wickham, James Tompkins, Jeffrey Slup, and most importantly, Wilfred Zaha are all Is out. Wickham's still there. Yeah, he's still there. He, um, I think teams keep taking him on loan with a view to a permanent. He isn't playing well, so they don't take the permanent. And then yeah. he gets injured again. Yeah, he, he he was one of those players I liked when we, when we had him on loan and, and decided, yep, stick him on the left wing. He's He's got a decent throw him out, throwing on him. Yeah, that's what you sign a striker for, the fact that they've got a long throw. Well, I, I mean, look, if if we were to sit here and go through the mishandling of most of Leeds United's loanees between 2004 and 2015, yeah. <laughs> that would make for a, that would make for a very long podcast. Yeah. There is a couple of names in there, like Nathan Ferguson's a decent player, a good fullback. It's just him missing. I wouldn't say that would make that much difference, but him being missing. Uh, Tomkins probably wouldn't play because they've got. I mean, against uh, Newcastle last time out, they won, and they played uh, Scott Dan and Gary Cahill. So I think it's probably the same again. They could they could play uh, Cheku Kiate in there because he's converted to centre back and looks pretty good there. Uh, Jeffrey Schlup, and he can cause problems because of all of his pace and stuff. They've started playing him in the middle a bit, but his pace on the break could be a real problem. So him being missing. It's probably no bad thing. And Zaha being missing is obviously massive because he's he's their best player, their key man, everything. It, uh, because they'll probably still play two up front, it might mean that Jean-Philippe Mateta starts, who they've signed from, damn it, which club was it? Mainz, I think. Uh, he was linked with Leeds a lot uh, and he's rated quite highly. So he'd be an interesting player to see. But it'll probably be him and Jordan Ayew up top. Yeah. And, and the probably head. a four four two. The head on the wing. Yeah, Andros. Uh, with a point to prove. By the looks of it, against Newcastle, they actually played Jordan Ayew on the wing and played Batshuayi up top. So I wonder if they might do that again. But it'll be either way, four four two. So Leeds will probably be playing. Well, Leeds in all likelihood will be playing three at the back if they're in all likelihood playing four four two. Yeah. It'll probably be the same bodies. Yeah, you'd imagine it just it, that'll just be Phillips sitting deeper, essentially, or just dropping in to be that third central defender. They could do that, or it could be Dallas drops to right wing back. Ah, yeah. Uh, Ailing moves inside one. It they, they could do and either. I would think it probably be Ailing. Could happen. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be Stuart Dallas centre back. Yeah. Because why not? He's done. He can do everything, that man. And and left back. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's doing both now. What, like Jack Allison when we were playing that asymmetric formation when we were chasing games and he was playing left back and left wing? Yeah. <laughs> just just massive, to... overload the right, leave yeah, Jack have... Harrison, he'll be fine. Have Ailing and Costa and Hernandez drifting over to that side all on the right and just Harrison over by himself. Yeah. Uh, if I, I mean, if I remember rightly, last time out against Newcastle, they got off to, they conceded pretty early, didn't they? Got off to a yeah, it was like and, second and minute or something. Yeah, and, and then turned it round. Um, they, they've got some decent players. That, I mean, I, th- I think the 13th is, is an entirely fair reflection of, of kind of the squad they have at the moment. Hmm. I, th- I think there's a lot of decent attacking players there who... Who are playing at exactly their level, and then um, a couple of standout names just dotted in. Yeah, like obviously Zahar's would be would be the big you know the big name in there. Um, I I think Eze is one of those who will probably be playing at a, a much higher level within a couple of years. Um, and then yeah. the kind of between Ayu Townsend Bashwaya. I don't. I mean, Benteke. There's something in Benteke. I've seen it before. It was about seven years ago now, admittedly, yeah. but there's there is a good footballer in there somewhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I mean, it'll be interesting. I know this is kind of a bit of a tangent. I'd be very interested to see what they're like come next season because about half their squads out of contract this year. Yeah, and it's it's getting quite old as well. That squad. Yeah, like there's well, a lot. It, was it was it Joel Ward that Neil Warnock really wanted us to sign, but we but we couldn't stump up the cash for him? Yeah, we couldn't stump up the roughly 300, 400 grand. Good times. Good times. Yeah, and it, it, but don't worry, he only went on to play like 300 Premier League games. <laughs> and, and we signed Lee Peltier. I was going to say it would have blocked Sam Byram's development, but we ended up playing Sam Byram on right wing most of the time anyway, so it probably wouldn't have. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, Sam. He was so good. Yeah, The other one that's in their side that's really kicked on, because they've had him now for like three seasons or something, and he never got going, but uh, Jairo Riedewald has... Uh, yeah. It's, it's, he's really picked up, and I think he's just signed a new deal as well now. Yeah, he's he's been on the score sheet a couple of times in, in the last few weeks. Um. Yeah, I think he's one of those that you mentioned last time we played them. Again, as one of those players who they've not put all the pieces together, but there is there is a player there. Yeah, well, um, I mean, he looked really good when he when he was at Ajax. He was. I know that everyone that comes to Ajax is the next big thing because it happens constantly, and they do produce that many. Yeah, but he was really, really highly rated. Like. You know, he, he got in the Dutch team and stuff bef- way before we went to way, way before we went to Paris. Yeah, uh, but he's a he's a really good player, and of course he's a centre mid who's good at passing and plays well, but can play at centre back. So before he signed a new contract, I was half expecting us to sign him. Yeah, because he he sounds like our sort of thing. <laughs> right in the Bielsa mold. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I didn't realise with him is he's still only twenty four. Really? Yeah. Like he made his he made his Ajax debut by the looks of his in his like senior squads. 
he signed his first professional contract in like 2013. Yeah. So he was what like was, six. What so was he was it, 16. <laughs> Maths. Yeah. Tw- yeah. Uh, it was. He made his pro debut for Young Ajax, and then yeah, December 2013, he first got in the first team squad. Yeah. So that's probably why he was the next the next big thing because he broke it even by their standards. That's young. Oh, young, because it's done uh-huh. because it's Holland. <laughs> I will say I'm just just looking at their one that their, their last five matches in the league beat Palace and Wolves, lost they to West Ham City. Sorry, Newcastle and Wolves <laughs> and Crystal Palace here beating Crystal Palace by two goals to one. Uh, lost to West Ham and City and, and drew with Arsenal, but they've got a run of fixtures coming up that. I wouldn't mind us having to be honest. Obviously, playing us Burnley, Brighton, Fulham, then Spurs, and then West Brom. Yeah, that, you'd expect them to pick run. up a few there. You'd expect them to get a few points out of that, especially what, Spurs, who appear to be <laughs> in free fall at the minute. What I would do if if I was Roy Hodgson, I think this would be a good time to rest a few players. <clears throat> yeah, just you're right, to, then... to really save themselves for this run. Yeah, I'd. Uh... I'd play the kids. Uh, play your 23s because we've played them and they're not that good. Don't play your 18s. They're top at league, so they're scary. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a pacey striker? Oh, no, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So um, it'll, it'll be... I mean, it will by, be by no means an easy game, but it's one that you would... Like, you'd say that we should be favourites for. Yeah, I I think so. The you know, like we said, that the the game at at Selhurst wasn't really a reflection on how the game actually went. And I th- still think they attack wise, especially without Zahar, they still don't pose a a massive threat. You know, I, th- I think they're one of those teams where they've got a number of players on three goals or four goals. Um. You know, sorry, I just looked at the odds. I know I said we should be favourites, but we're four to five. That is too short. (laughs) (laughs) I think 16 that in theory means you can get 10 to 11 even money on Palace or draw. And I think that is is too big a price. (laughs) So, although obviously I really want Leeds to win as a betting price, I think that's too short. I will also say, just looking at the uh, the stats from their match with Newcastle, despite winning 2-1, it was Newcastle's 21 shots to Palace's 6, and Palace only had 38% possession. Yeah, Newcastle, that second half against Leeds appears to have kicked him into gear. <laughs> Basically, St. Maximan came on and they went, oh, we can create chances. Yeah. Like, I mean, did you, see, did you see the game against Southampton yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, like, I thought... I thought the- Actually, looked quite good. Yeah, played really well, and then Jeff Hendrick stupidly gets himself sent off, and then they're still playing all right. And then we're going out of nine men, and still manage to hang on to a win. That's that's pretty impressive. I still think it's got very little to do with Steve Bruce, and a lot to do with the players have turned up these last <laughs> couple of games. And James as, as if the play as if the players when they had the huddle before kickoff, going right, forget everything Steve said. This is the plan, yeah. 
Uh, we've seen we've we've been there for that. Yeah, <laughs> um, one of those. I was going to say the uh, it was we'd seen James Ward Prowse smashing another free kick as well. Have you seen his conversion rate from direct free kicks this season? I, I did. I saw the tweet that basically said free, free kicks uh, from twenty five yards out for him are basically penalties. Yeah, and although it isn't quite that, it's it was thirty point eight percent, I think. Which is great for free kicks. So basically, you know, that is ridiculous. That's basically so three out of every ten are going in. That's if he carries that on, that's best ever territory. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know what Janino Pagambacano's record was, but I don't think it was that good. I was gonna say that there'll be something weird about when you talk about free kicks and you don't start talking about David Beckham, you're like let me tell you about James Ward Prowse, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whose name is is double barrel, so he feels like he belongs in the Arsenal team with all the other double barrels. Yeah, they have got a fair few, haven't they? Although they've shipped to, they've shipped Maitland Niles out on loan, haven't they? So, yeah, Chris Willock, I thought. I know, I know it's off on a tangent at this point, but I thought Chris Willock played well for Newcastle last night as well. Uh, it's Joe, right? Joe Willock, Chris Willock, Chris Willock, the, the one, one you had on FM. That's why. No, I had no, I had Joe Willock. Oh, <laughs> no, I was Joe Willock. I've just mixed him up. Yeah. Well, I suppose if you're going to mix people up, people with the same surname, that, that's fair enough. Um, Although, for the sake of um, Twitter outrage, racist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, are Joe and Chris Willock brothers? Yes. All right, that's that's all right then. Yeah, and there yeah. is, there is a. Th- Another Willock brother as well, who I think is is the one that ended. One of them ended up at Benfica. This is this is a, a Ray Wallace situation. Is this now? Yeah, there's another one. I think it's Matty Willock, but I'll look it up. Yeah, Matty Willock, who was they were at Arsenal and he was at Man United, and now he plays for Gillingham. Hmm. And yeah, uh, Chris Willock is Chris Willock is the one that went to Benfica. And, oh, he's played nine, 19 league games for QPR this season. I had no idea. That's uh, the championship. No one gives a shit. Yeah, I don't look at those poxy little leagues anymore. <laughs> Jack, eight months ago, the best league in the world, the championship. <laughs> it is that funny thing, though. Like, if I see there's a championship game on, on, on like a Friday night or something, I put it on for a bit, and then I'm just like, I don't really care. You're a better I'm, man than me. I'm gonna watch Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jason Middleton saying this is great content. Yeah, I knew that it'd be. All- <laughs> I knew that. I knew that today would be all over the place. We're both very sleep deprived and a bit out of it. Uh, but and we also knew that this would be a fairly short one because we're coming to the end. The only thing that we have to do is your prediction for Palace. Uh, as always, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm, I'm going to say we win this one. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna back us to get a couple here, uh, more than a couple. So I'm gonna say a three-one win. Yeah. Well, my reverse psychology thing stopped working against Everton, so I can stop doing it now. Because uh, once the streak is broken, it's over. Just ask the Undertaker. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that Leeds win this. Them missing Zaha is gonna make a real difference. I think we're gonna win one-nil. Uh, and God, I'd, ki- I'd kill for a clean sheet. We could really use a clean sheet. 
yeah, for Melier's sake, he's just a boy. Like, let him have a clean sheet. Yeah, I did see that there was like a the who scored under twenty one team of the season, and Melier was in goal, like statistically for their ratings stuff. And I know their ratings can be bollocks, but still, it's good to see. Yeah, but when when they say nice things about us, they get it dead right. Yeah, that's that's dead on actually. That's how it works. Good things yeah. about Leeds, yay. Bad things about Leeds, lying. <laughs> the who scored ratings are lying. Uh, right, so that will do us for a bit of a curtailed episode. I know this one's a bit all over the shop and at a weird time, but there's not what we could do about it this week. Uh, I have no idea when we'll be back. One of the evenings this week, I would have, I would hope. And then I have to go on nights after that, so fuck knows what's going to happen then. <laughs> Even <laughs> early in the morning. <laughs> Night shifts and seven of them in a row. Although, to, I, I think I should still be able to do evening before I start. So that'll do us for episode 105 of the Mighty Whites podcast. Uh, we're mightywhitespodcast.com and at mightywhitespod on Twitter. The stuff we write goes up on through it all together, which is at T-H-R-U, it's all L-U-F-C on Twitter. Both things are also on Facebook. Uh, not that I use for Facebook. Um... I don't think this will get edited, so I will plug, uh, if you need any audio work doing, go to medicineroomstudios.com or Medicine Room Studios on Facebook and on Twitter. And I think that will do us. So I've been Jack, see ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>